Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Rossetti and Stewart podcast. It is I, Antonio Rossetti, with Justin Stewart, but today we're over Zoom and we have a special guest from Robert Morris University basketball, Khalil Spear. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Justin, Justin, for you, how's your day been so far before we start? Uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, I can't complain. So, you know, you're alive. So, quite frankly, like, there's really nothing much to complain about, honestly, because it could be a lot worse. So, in short term, I'm pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, Cleo, just to get things going, uh, how's your week been so far? And uh, how's uh, preparing for next season going so far? Uh, my week's been pretty good. Uh, we've had practice uh, three days in a row. Today was our day off, so I'm trying to take it easy a little bit today. I got in the lift, but not doing too much uh, running today. But uh, it's been a it's been a regular week. Um, you know, practice takes up a lot of my time, but um, still busy with school, of course, getting my class done. And I had an exam today that I've been preparing for uh, this week. So uh, my week's been busy, but preparing for the season is going well. Team's looking good. Uh, we have a scrimmage against uh, Miami, Ohio coming up this Saturday. Uh, we leave tomorrow to head there. So that's exciting. That'll be our first time seeing this team against another one. So we're looking forward to that. So, like, can you kind of – you do want to say something? Yeah, you're fine. Good. All right. So can you kind of get into detail for me just a little bit? Like, what was your off season like as far as just training, workouts, and just trying to get better as a player overall? Uh, So – a big focus of mine this this offseason was my outside shot because I can handle the ball and I'm able to create separation. I just want to be able to consistently knock down um, shots from the perimeter and the mid-range, whether they be off the dribble or catch and shoot. So I did a lot of work with that. I continued my my ball handling and my finishing inside to to keep those sharp. But that was a that was a major focus. I worked out with a few trainers, um, one being my my family friend, Coach Will Goodman. And I worked out with Tyler Ruff a few times. I always see him when I go back home. So I was I was connected with some good people, and they gave me some some good pointers and things to work on that that have really helped me progress this summer. Yeah, and I want to ask too. Uh, so you guys have a lot of players coming back with Enoch coming back and Tristan Jeffries coming back, Matt Mayers, Mike Green. They're all back on the team this year. How important is that for you guys going into Rise League play? It's very important because it gives us a core to build around. So. Um, you bring back guys, you, you're bringing back returners that have knowledge about the system and, and they don't have to relearn it. But whenever you bring in the newer guys, they do have to relearn it. So the more people you have that know what's going on and, and know what to expect from the program and know what our coaches want, the better, because then we can help relay that message across the group rather than it being just one or two people. So um, it's definitely big that we're getting that core back and we're meshing well and we're just continuing to build chemistry between each other and the rest of the guys as well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Now, I understand, like, basketball is a team game, so the goal is to win. Like, that's the first and foremost. But for you personally, are there any goals, like, as far as this year goes, as far as, like, statistics, um, anything of that nature, just trying to get a higher field goal percentage, like, anything, like, in particular you have your eyes set on this year? Uh, well, I do have my eyes set on – it's funny you mentioned field goal percentage. I shot a good, I, I shot a good percentage from the field last year. But as I mentioned, I want to make my perimeter shot a lot more respectable. So I want to shoot in the range of 35 to 40% from three. Uh, anywhere in the mid-30s to high-30s, that's what I'm aiming for this season. Um, I want to make an all-conference first team and be in the running for player of the year, obviously. 
it's my final year, so I want to go out with a bang. And I'm looking and I'm looking to make a run for the play of the year. So that's my biggest goal for personally. But obviously, like you said, I want to win a championship with my team and go to March Madness. Yeah, and you mentioned it. You you were still really efficient last year. You shot 55% from the field. You started all 32 games, you know, and uh, eight double-doubles as well. Um, how how cool is that to know that you're able to, you know, produce for your team like that while also averaging like 15 points a game? It's nice, man. It just shows that that your work pays off. Um, I didn't always have opportunity like this, and uh, there were times where um, I didn't know when I would get the opportunity, but – you always want to work. Preparation meets opportunity. It's a beautiful thing. So I feel like my preparation has gotten me ready for this moment. And last year, some of it showed, but I know that was not my full potential. I have more. I have more that I can do. And that was just that was just a small showing of it. I want to go into your background a little bit, not too much, but you're from Texas originally. So my question to you is, how did you get from Texas all the way up here to the state of Pennsylvania as far as basketball goes? Um, I don't know. I think Pennsylvania college basketball just has something that they like about my game because that's where I started too. I started at Bucknell, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Never heard of that city, that area in my life until I started getting recruited by them in high school. Um, they started recruiting me, uh, came to a couple of my games. That's how I got linked in with them. And then whenever I entered the transfer portal, I got connected with coach uh, Isolino and coach tool. Uh, Robert Morris and that's how I found out about Robert Morris and it was just a match so that's how I ended back out in Pennsylvania just to follow up on that though so one of my other questions was what is it like to play with coach tool and just like talk to me about the relationship you've established over the last couple years or so um it's challenging that's that's one thing it's challenging but it makes you better um that's one thing as I've gotten older I realized when you're younger it's harder to realize that uh, the people that are challenging you tend to be the people that, that see something in you want the most that you don't want people that are just going to let you be average. So I will say that he, he wants to see us all his players do well. And I've been able to learn that over the years that I've been here and we have a connection. We I'll go in his office some days and we'll just talk about things that I see things that he sees and we can have conversations that need to be had without either of us getting frustrated. So um, it's a, it's a healthy relationship and it's, it's something that I feel like is going to help us be successful this year as well. One thing I noticed about Andy Tool though is anytime he's on there, he's all anytime he's on the sideline, he's always intense. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah, and, he, he's an animated individual. He's gonna bring his energy every day. My favorite thing is when he'll look at the refs like this and he'll start going like this and stuff like that, or like when he wants you guys to get in like defensive positions, oh, yeah. playing defense. like this and stuff. Uh, <laughs> how is it? How is it having a coach that like? That is just as animated as you guys, I guess you could say. I say it's exciting, especially in the games. It's exciting because you just want to feed off some good energy. You want good energy to feed off of. You know he's always going to bring energy, so there's going to be some energy there for you. And if you don't, if you're not ready to match it, then you're just not going to be able to play for him. And that's just how it is. You want people that are going to bring energy, and he's going to bring energy himself. Yeah, and I want. I do want to go back now to uh, when you were playing basketball uh in texas uh can you just tell me a little bit about playing in texas and can you also just tell me about how like playing for the lone star elite you know may have helped you like propel you to the next level so playing basketball in texas was fun um there's a lot of avenues to be able to get exposure um there's a lot of training sites with, with great trainers that know what they're doing 
So it's it's just it's a good hotbed for basketball. And it's it was a lot of fun growing up, going to all the tournaments, meeting people, staying in touch with them. I liked all of that. Uh, I came in touch with my coach for Lone Star Elite, Coach Coleman, when I was a junior in high school. And he really gave me the opportunity to play basketball in a different way that I've ever been played. He gave me the freedom to be able to be on the perimeter and handle the ball, shoot the ball. So he showed me like what my capabilities were. Obviously, they weren't sharpened then. I was only a junior in high school, but you could just see like the glimpses that there was something there. And he showed that to me and it gave me the confidence that I needed because that summer is when I got my first offers and going into my senior year, and then I gained a couple more. But playing for Lone Star Elite and Coach Coleman was definitely the right decision for me. So um, you talked about, like, playing in high school and growing up in Texas. So this could be a, a two-sided, two, two double-edged questions. So high school, like, growing up in college, who's you say is the best player you've played against, any, any high school or college? Um, in high school, I'd say the best player I ever played. Does it have to be in like an organized organized basketball game, or could it be like yeah, a pickup organized game? Like whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, toughest person I ever had to play against in like one on one in high school was Tyrese Maxey. We used to work out at the same gym for a little bit. Hmm. So that was that was definitely and he wasn't even that old then either. He was only like 15, 16. So you just could tell he was going to be a problem. But I had a we had a high school rivalry uh, against a school called Little Elm and RJ Hampton was their best player. We played them twice a year. And that was just our high school rivalry. So those games were always fun. They brought the best out of me and him. So they were fun um, in college. This is a tough one. Hardest to guard. I mean, I had to guard Oscar Shibway last year, and that was no yeah, fun. West Virginia transfer right there. Yeah, that was no fun. So I could say that was probably the hardest person I've had to guard in college because he's just he's just a beast in the paint. So, but yeah. What would you say, like, uh, the toughest place you've had to play was? Would you say Kentucky's up there? I would say that, but – I felt like playing there was just a dream come true, though. Like, I was just enjoying the moment. It's not really – I wasn't really feeling like it was, like, too big of a stage or anything. I was just having fun. I would say one of the wildest environments I've been in in college, though, I didn't even get to play in the game, but it was my freshman year. We are in the championship game of the Patriot League. Uh, we were playing against Colgate at their place, and that place was packed out, and it's not a big gym, so – it was real loud, and it was it was a hostile environment. But I'd have to say those two. Yeah, and you know when you were at Bucknell early, I mean you all, you also got to play against like Desmond Bain and RJ Nemhard, who were like mm-hmm. on the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how is it getting to be able to play you know these premier athletes like that? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like I said though, growing up in Texas, there's there's just a lot of people that you see or play against like especially with the circuit how it's growing now like they have a eybl circuit and a couple other circuits in dallas right around the corner from where i'm from so it's just a lot it's just a lot of talent to grow up seeing and i'm not going to say that it doesn't amaze me when i see it you know but i guess it, i just see it as part of the game i see it as part of the game so like growing up though, so going back to that, were there any other sports that interested you besides basketball, or is that like just the sport you wanted to play from like start to finish? Uh, nah. So 
I grew up in a basketball household. My parents both played basketball in high school. They didn't play in college, but they still know the game really well and wanted to be around it. So they taught me and my sister the game when we were younger. I'd say probably six or seven. But they also exposed me to other sports, too. Like, I played baseball while I was younger from, like, probably seven till I was 13. Played football for a little while. I swam. I ran track. So I did everything. But I knew I wanted to play basketball whenever I got into high school. That's whenever I knew that that was the sport I wanted to play. Yeah. And uh, your sister, Joel, like, she's one of the ACC leading scorer last year. Um how how great is it? I know I keep saying, like, how great is it to see these things? But how awesome is it to see your sister also, you know, getting in the score column like that? Oh, it's awesome, but it doesn't surprise me. It, it's awesome, but it doesn't surprise me. It's it's awesome to me because she's getting the exposure and everybody else is seeing it. Because even though she was touted coming out of high school, she still didn't have the respect that I felt she deserved. And she won't say that because she's humble, obviously, but she she's putting on for herself and she's doing what all of us know that we that she can do so like i said it's it's great to see it and i'm happy for her always but i already knew that she had this it doesn't surprise me so like going further into that family bloodline i read on like ormu's page uh, i don't know I'm, I'm assuming this is true but your cousins with uh ford for the atlanta dream nia coffee is that true Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yes. Uh she's she's a she's a cousin on my mom's side. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So like what's that like? Because like we just mentioned it with your sister, your parents like played basketball, like you said, and then you have a cousin that's a professional athlete. Just like just talk to me. Like what, what's that like having like a bloodline of so many athletes that, that play basketball at a high level? I would just say seeing stuff like that in even with people that are just my friends, people that I'm not uh, like as close to, don't speak to all the time. It gives me, I wouldn't say hope, but it shows you that you can do it too. You know, people that come from similar backgrounds as you or people that you knew growing up doing great things and you know that you're working just as hard to try and get in the same spot. I just understand that everybody has their own race and it might not come at the same time, but seeing stuff like that, I just use it as inspiration. Yeah, and I do want to go back now to, like, you know, you just growing up in the colony of Texas, which is also close to TCU, and I mentioned Desmond Bain earlier. Uh, what was it like, you know, moving to Bucknell, but then getting to come home and, you know, play at TCU? Okay, so it's the funny thing. I have never played a college game in Texas. I have oh, not. Wow. Yeah, the game, the, the game that we played TCU – we were at uh, an invitational in Hawaii. We were at, um, I can't remember what island it was, but we were in Hawaii. Um, oh, that's, yeah. It was one of those preseason tournaments. Maui yeah. Classic? Or- yeah, Maui. it would have to be Maui, Maui, yeah. I believe so. It was for that Christmas break, though. And we were out there. It was TCU, us, UNLV, Rhode Island, and Indiana State, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was that was a fun tournament. Playing against them was was uh, was crazy. They had a crazy point guard. I can't remember what his name was. But RJ Nemhard. Well, I believe it was Nemhard. Yeah, he was going crazy. And then Bain, of course, like Bain is just built like a football player, and he can shoot the lights out. So that caught everybody's attention. Yeah, that that's been Bain. Uh, I averaged like eighteen points a game this year too. And then uh, I remember I went down to Cleveland to see because uh, it's only two hours from here to see them play against. Um, 
play against the Cavs, and that dude can shoot the lights out too on top oh. of like a linebacker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do now want to start, you know, just talking about um, adjusting to, you know, Pittsburgh. So you went from here to Bucknell to Pittsburgh. Can you just tell me about, like, some some of the challenges it was moving uh, to, you know, the Northeast? Okay, so I would say one thing about me is I was raised really well uh, by my parents, and and I think that's what's made me really independent. So um, making the move wasn't too much of a struggle for me. I would say the biggest adjustment really was not being able to, like, be in direct contact with my family, but, you know, I can still FaceTime them or call them whenever I want to text my mom, my dad every day. Like, to me, the biggest challenge was the weather. That was definitely the biggest challenge. I didn't have any clothes for for this type of weather, so I had to buy a few jackets and some more sweats. I still, I still on the 50-degree days want to cling to the hope that I'm back home and I'll come outside with shorts on and a hoodie, and I'll regret it instantly, but... But yeah, I would have to say the I would have to say the weather is the biggest adjustment. For me. Yeah, and now I do want to talk like a little about you know the move from Bucknell to RMU. So when you first came, RMU was in their first year of the Horizon League. Um, what was it like, you know, going? How was it moving to RMU's campus? Do you like it? Did you like it at first? Yeah, I did. Uh, this this was actually the first time whenever we're going to talk about in terms of housing. When I moved to RMU, it was the first time that I had like a a single bedroom uh even though it was an apartment with four other teammates i had my own bedroom you know my freshman year i had to sleep in a triple with two of my teammates and then i had to sleep in a double the next year so it was nice to have my own room and you know i made i made friends quickly with my teammates and other people on campus as well um i felt like it was easy for me to meet people when i got here and i, I was just enjoying it i came in the summer so the weather was nice everything was everything was open uh, opening back up after the pandemic, and I don't know, it was a, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. So, like further, like talking about like building connections, has there been like any significant connections like you've built like on the court, whether it be coaches or players from other teams in college? Uh, so I definitely have like my closest bond, probably I'd have to say on the court with Enoch because I've played with him the most out of any of my teammates. Uh, me and him both got here the same year. I transferred in, and it was his freshman year. So this will be our third season playing together. So on the court, definitely. Um, I like to say I have a bond with all of my coaches and, and all of the players as well, though. But if I had to say, like, a closest, I would say that, and that's because we've just known each other um, for an extended period of time now. So. Yeah, and now I do want to talk like a little bit about, you know, last season, which was, you know, you're probably your best season in college so far. Um, and one game in particular, too, the 27-point game against Youngstown State. Uh, so you had, you know, the high for the whole entire team throughout the whole entire year having that game. What was uh, what was your mindset throughout that game? We're not losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, heard, I heard a few fans chirping in the crowd, which kind of helped, you know, add to that heightened sense and it really locked me in and I don't know as an athlete there's sometimes you just feel it when you're in that zone and things were just working out I was just I was just blessed and I was having a good game and uh, my teammates trusted me my coaches were trusting me so I felt the freedom to to get the shots that I was getting and, and they were dropping so it was a lot of fun and that was the most yeah that was the most I scored in college so 
it was definitely a, it was definitely a good milestone, and I was I was even happier that we got the win because it would be, it would not be as rewarding if you have a performance like that with a loss. And on top of that, you guys beat them again in the Horizon League playoffs too. Um, how important was that to get that win at the tail end of the season in the in playoff play before you know going into next season? It was it was definitely big, uh, especially for our returners. It gave us a sign of confidence, kind of reinforce what we already knew we had some recurring problems last season that we just weren't able to shore up and whatever the issue or the reason may be it just didn't get solved and we, we were always competing throughout the season that's what I would say we were always competing that was one thing that we never had an issue with but we just had some things that we needed to figure out and I feel like this year we have a lot of those things figured out we have of course we have issues that we need to work on it's still early but I feel like we're in a good position right now and that win showed us and our new teammates that we can go in the playoffs and get it done. And we weren't even in the seed that we'd want to be. We're looking to finish in a higher seed this year to give us even better odds, you know. So it was definitely big. Yeah. So like you talk you talked about how today was your off day for the most part. So when you guys practice, what is like an average day of practice look like for you personally and like with the team? Uh, so Every day I like to wake up and like either 9 or 10 a.m. I'll go in the gym and I get like 30, 45 minutes shooting workout in with uh, one of the assistant coaches. And, and after that, um, I tend to have lift. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have team lift uh, at 11 o'clock. Um, there's, a, there's a morning group, that's what, but that's what my group is. I go at 11 a.m. So 12. And then after that, practice tends to start at 1.30. So... It's pretty consecutive. I start my morning off a little early so I can just keep it rolling throughout those three workouts, basically. And then practice tends to last two and a half hours. So it'll be from like 1.30 to 4. And they're intense. Intense practices. You're worn out afterwards. You just want to go to sleep. So a lot of the times afterwards, I get something to eat and I come here and I do just that. Take a nap. So my second question, though, is like, obviously you're in school. How difficult is it, or it might not be for you, how difficult is it for you to manage school life and um, being an athlete too? Uh, mentally, it can be difficult, but to be honest, for me, I just I just know that it's a priority. It's what's got me in school. It's what's going to help me maintain my eligibility, my scholarship, and get a job in the future. So um, I'm just tentative to, to due dates and even though I may procrastinate at times, I make sure I get my stuff turned in on time. And it, it's not too much of a struggle for me. I, I can't lie. And it shows because, like, I mean, you're a co-seed All-American, which is, like, one of the first times an Army guy has been put into that. And, uh, yeah, you're on the all first All-Scholar team for the Horizon League. Um, yeah, so that's that's incredible to think about that. You, you get it done on the court. And in school as well. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. And uh, so uh, my next question for you is um, just uh, kind of going back to at the tail end of last season, um, there was like some games where you guys had chances like Wright State, Cleveland State. You mentioned a little bit. Uh, what's the one thing you guys have been working on to get over that hump and just like finish out games in the, in the second half? We've been working on a lot of what our coach likes to call team identity things and our team identity uh, revolves around defense, rebounding, and not turning the ball over. So those have been our major focuses, those three things. 
Uh, if I had to say one of the three that we're focusing on the most is definitely defense and, and then rebounding because those are things we can control. We really want to be a team that that just shuts down and wears down other teams. Because we know we have offensive talent and we have guys that can get it done on the other end. Um, but we just got to be solid on the defensive end. That's where we lacked a lot last year. So if we can clean those things up and hold teams to less points, we're going to have a great season. Yeah, and another thing, too, is, like, just going to your guys' games is Horizon League basketball and, like, non-Power 5 basketball is such a treat to watch because you got you have guys playing four or five years versus, like, people being one-and-dones in big schools. Um, how how – now, I know, like – Obviously, you don't get to watch the games, but you know how how enjoyable is it to actually play against people that have been there four or five years and just see like solid team basketball all around. Oh, it's fun. I like I like playing basketball the right way, so I can appreciate when another team does, even though it may be frustrating in the moment. You you can recognize real, so um, I would say that's good. Uh, and like you said, you I can you can see it as a plus and a benefit because. You get to see these guys for an extended period of time and kind of learn each other. So it, it might give you an edge. It might give them an edge. You never know. But it's got its, like I said, it's got its pros and its cons. Yeah, and now I do want to go – I do want to mention one thing from last year. We talked about it a little bit beforehand. Uh, you knew it was coming, the dunk against Northern Kentucky. Uh <laughs> Poor guy, but I do want to say, um, uh, what was going through your mind uh, whenever you had the opportunity to do that, and how did it feel to finish it? Honestly, it all happened so fast because I just remember I was standing on the baseline and they were double teaming Mike, and I honestly thought he was going to call a timeout or that our coach was going to call a timeout because I didn't see how he was going to get out of the double team. He found a way, and he stepped through, and as soon as he gave me the ball, I knew I was dunking it regardless of if there was going to be somebody there. And just happened to be there and got a good clip. I was surprised that that one didn't get nominated for Sports Center, but the other one did. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That one was like, that one was vicious, honestly. <laughs> that one was like cold blooded, cold blooded. <laughs> yeah. And now I do want to go back to, and so we already talked about like just athletes that, you know, you played against who are the toughest. Um, who were some of the tougher people you've played just strictly Horizon League maybe last year or the past two years? Uh, I'd have to say Jamal Kane, who's now in the Heat, and Antoine Davis. So uh, those are definitely the uh, the best players that I've played in the Horizon League. And they're just elite scorers, and they know how to play the game. And playing people like them, I, I like it because I, I like the challenge, especially because Kane was in my position. It was just – Enjoy, enjoyable being able to accept that challenge and try and better myself. Yeah, you, I mean, and honestly, you had a pretty, you still had a solid game too against Kane. Like, I mean, he was like a pretty highly touted going to Marquette too. He's a, he's a stud. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Justin, do you want to get the next one? Yeah, I was going to say, so you talked about kind of guys you respect in the Horizon League. So, We've touched upon it multiple times, but do you try to emulate your game after anyone, or do you just try to be like the best version of yourself as you could like possibly be? Like I so. So I watch a lot of basketball. I watch a lot of the NBA, and those guys are the best in the world. So obviously, I try and model my game after like bits and pieces of different people's game. Mm -hmm. I don't. There's not really one specific person that I model myself after. 
but I try and look for people that are similar, like intangibles as me, similar size and, and how they are effective on the court. Like I really enjoy watching Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, but there's also guards that I like watching that I try and take little pieces of stuff that they do that I see as effective as well. So um, I would definitely say that I do get inspiration, but I feel like in any, any art, any sport, any craft that you have, you should seek inspiration from the ones that are at the highest level. So that's just what I try and do. It's funny you say Jason Tatum, because that's what was going through my mind too. I was just thinking like that three slash four, you could take the ball up the floor. Like I could, you, I could see a lot of comparisons there. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do want to ask too, since we're on the NBA, uh, so the Mavericks, that's pretty close to the colony, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that your team growing up? Okay, so when I was younger and I really didn't know much about sports, I did cheer for the Mavericks. Uh, but as soon as I really, like, kind of started to understand the world and what was going on, I immediately became a LeBron fan. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm, I'm a long-running LeBron fan, and I just cheer for wherever he goes. I don't really have a favorite team. <sighs> I myself when LeBron retires that I'm likely going to return to being a Mavs fan. Yeah, so, I mean- like, ahead, Justin, I, see I see the reaction. You don't like LeBron, huh? No, I, I actually love LeBron. It's just like when I when I ask people that are like in Pittsburgh who's their favorite team, it's oh, I'm team LeBron. So no, that's go. all good though. So yeah. like I'm sure you've seen like the media, you've seen social media. There's always this ongoing debate about who's better, like LeBron or Jordan. Personally, for you, who, who do you think's the goat? LeBron James. Okay. LeBron James. That okay. is my favorite. I know that people want to bring up the rings and everything, but I I just feel like some things are out of your control. And he had a really tough past five years to try and get a ring. And he got one out of it. He got two actually. So I, I can't I can't complain too much about that. It's just you watch him play the game and for how long he's played it at this high of a level, it's it's insane. Like people would dream to be able to play as well as he's gonna play this year in their best year. So that's just the way I look at it. And nobody's done it for this long. I mean, that guy was making buckets when I was three years old, and he's still putting up 30 points a game. Exactly. It's insane. Yeah, Justin, I do want to say one thing, though. I find it hilarious that, like, you always say, why do people always got to compare to the two? And then you ask them a question about it. That's just funny. Well, no, I I figured it'd be worth asking because you was talking about LeBron. So I figured, hey, that was was the average. I'm also good on that (laughs) rabbit hole like everyone else does. So. (laughs) It, just, I'm just playing with you, man. You know. Are you good? You good? <laughs> yeah, but have you been? You've obviously been to Mavericks games. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, most recently I went to. Uh, I think it was Game Five. It was either Game Five or Game Four when the Mavericks were playing the Suns this past summer. Oh shoot! I was I was back home, so I went to that game and they won. So it was electric in there. Nice, nice. Dude, Luka Doncic. Can you tell me a little bit about him? What do you What do you uh, think Luka's of him? Luca's insane. I actually, it's a mystery, like, because I watch him play and you look at some plays where he literally just dribbles the ball up the court going like 30% speed and gets all the way to the rim with one move. I just, I don't understand how he's, how he's that crafty and that smart, but he's, he's a killer. I was at a game in Cleveland, his second year in the league, and he scored 29, 15 and 14. Ridiculous. It's just, he could do that whenever, it feels like he could do it whenever he wants. Oh yeah. He has that switch. Mm Mm-hmm. That killer instinct, you know? Yeah. But uh, I'm going to – I have, like, one more question, and I think Justin probably has one more too. 
Uh, but for me, I was just going to ask, um, what can we expect from like you and the team for uh, next season? So for me, you can expect to see a lot of what you saw last year, plus some more work from the perimeter. And I'm just going to continue to try and make my teammates better, um, do whatever I can. You're going to see a new focus on defense, though, a new intensity. I've been – me and my coach have been applying the pressure on me to just get as good as I can on the defensive end and, and rebounding. So I'm, I'm aiming to average around a double-double this year, if not a double-double end. From our team, you can expect to see champions. I don't want to put any undue pressure, but I feel like that's what we all expect. So we're looking to be we're looking to be conference champions, and we know it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But I do believe we have a group of guys that can that can get it done. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, that you just ended it pretty well. That I don't I I can't follow up to that question. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I Cleo, we would appreciate your time, man. I thank you. No problem. I appreciate y'all having me again. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, guys, that was another episode of the Rosetti and Stewart podcast. Thank you for joining us. And one more thing. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from.